Take your Bibles and turn with me tonight to Psalm 84. Psalm 84. We're in a series on Wednesday nights. We've been preaching through on Wednesday nights. Uh, the blessed are they. Blessed are they. And last week, of course, uh, uh, Brother uh, Auger preached uh, about the, the blessing of having the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. What a, a tremendous thing it is and what a blessing that is. Uh, Psalm 84, if you would please stand for the reign of God's word if you're able to. Psalm 84 and verse 1 says, How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My song longeth, or my soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found an house, and a swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee, Silah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, and whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength, every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Silah. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of, the wicked, of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk Uprightly, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. If you look back in verse 4, be our text. It said, Blessed are they that dwell in thy house, they will be still praising thee. I'd like to preach a message that I've titled, Blessed are they in the house of the Lord. And let's pray. Father, we come to you asking that you'd meet with us. Lord, I need thy presence, Lord, and I need the Holy Spirit to fill me to guide me, direct me, give me wisdom, Lord, in, in the words to say that Jesus Christ might be magnified and glorified through the preaching of thy word, that our hearts would be stirred for you, and, Lord, that we would grow in you even at this very hour, that we'd have a closer walk with you. Lord, we need your hand in this day and time. Lord, there's so many battles going on and so many things taking place. We need to see the hand of God. Draw us near unto you, Lord. Be with the needs of those. We pray, Lord, you'd be with uh, Lila and Jonathan and the family, Lord, with the loss of their mother. Comfort them. Strengthen them. Lord, be with them uh, tomorrow, Lord, and help them through the day. And, Lord, I pray that you'd be with those who are sick, unable to be with us, Lord, and those who are struggling with illnesses, Lord, that, that uh, we have been praying for for quite a while. We thank you, Lord, for those souls that you've been saving, the lives you've been changing. Lord, continue to work in the hearts and lives of them. Lord, help them to grow in you. For this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. What you also notice here as we read this chapter, we find two other verses that speak of the blessed man that, and, and I believe that there are the three really, the, the, the blessings that's talking about tie together, and we're going to tie them tonight a little bit. But in verse 5 it says, blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, and whose heart are the ways of them. Verse 12 says, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Though they seem to be separate in some ways about the blessing that a person gets, 
I believe that they really tie together as you look at this, uh, this portion of Scripture. We need to look at these and we'll tie them back together. The Psalms that we're reading here is, from the, is, is written to the sons of Korah that would have been uh, serving at the tabernacle and then later in the temple. Uh, if you remember, Korah rebelled against, uh, Korah and some of his brethren there, rebelled against Moses and Aaron. And uh, they came to a showdown to see whose God, who's, uh, God's hand was on. If you remember that when they came out of their tents that uh, God opened up the earth and swallowed up Korah and those that was with him, even their tents, their wives and all them that was there, and then closed the earth back up. But what we're finding here are the descendants of Korah. They were doorkeepers in the, in the house of God. They were those who, before the, before the temple was made, they were those who helped with the temple to carry the temple. And they stood in protection of the, I say the temple, the tabernacle, uh, in protection of the tabernacle. And they helped with that. But after the temple was made, there was gates into the temple and they were assigned at different gates that they watched over, that they stood there to make sure that uh, things were done right, that they didn't take something in there, shouldn't be taken in, and whatever the reason was from being there, many, uh, many different reasons for them to be there, and they were servants uh, there in the temple of God. But this is the same gr family, the same group you might say, and but if you if you say, well, preacher, I thought that Korah was such a terrible person, and God destroyed him, and and some of his family was. But you know what? The Bible also says that God was merciful, and He didn't hold the sins of the father against the the, the children, or the children's sins against the father. And we find the mercy of God that years later that, uh, and even right after that, that they continued to work and were porters there at the in the tabernacle, and and later they was over the gates or the entrances into the temple. And this psalm to them. Uh, first of all, consider the heart cry of this psalmist. And verse 1 says, How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. Then he says, My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. And you can see the heart here. This cry is a, is a great desire of one who's revealing his heart. He's longing just to be near the place where the Lord is. Uh, you know, in that day and time, uh, that's where the meeting place was. God would come down in that tabernacle. God would come down in that temple. And, and that was the worship place. That was the place where the offerings were made. That was the place where they went and inquired unto the Lord. That's where the high priest went in and offer the sacrifices and, uh, and the peace offerings and so on in, in the tabernacle and also in the temple. And here you find, here's the sons of Korah. Years later, they said, boy, my heart desires just to be in the house of the Lord. Just close to God. Just to be near that place. Just to have that fellowship and, and be there. He says, my soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. It's revealing his heart. Longing just to be near that place of the Lord is a place of fellowship. 
also with God's people as they would come in and out of the, of the temple there, as they would come to the, uh, come to the tabernacle, around the tabernacle for the, the worships and, and the offerings of, of uh, uh, peace offerings and so forth for sin and different things of that nature. It was a place also in a position to be where you saw the Lord working in the hearts and lives of other people. It was a place to rejoice with others and glorify God together. As they come together, and, and, the, and here's the psalmist that was apparently one of uh, the, the descendants of Kor that says, man, he loved being here. He said, I love being in a, at the house of God. I love being at the door. I love watching the people come. I love talking to the people that come to worship the Lord. I love watching God do great and mighty things. I love God doing things. Man, I love it here. He said, it's just so good to be close unto the Lord. Well, I understand we're in a different dispensation. We're the temple of God now. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. We're the church. There should be a desire, though, to be together in a place that we call the church. We call this building the church. But tonight, just like tonight, we've come together to worship the Lord, to hear the Word of God preached, to fellowship with one another around the things of God, to sing songs that lift Him up, to spend some time in prayer, to pray for one another, or to pray for God to be glorified, to pray for the services on Sunday. So we come together in this place. Just like they did at that temple, and just like they did at the tabernacle in many respects. could I ask you tonight, is it your heart's cry like the psalmist? Lord, I just want to be there with your people. I just want to be there when you're doing something. Lord, I just want to get together and worship you. I just want to hear those songs of praise and that lift you up and magnify you. Lord, I just want to hear from the Word of God and, and you speak to my heart. I want the Holy Spirit to move among me and the people, Lord, to, to see your hand work in their hearts and to stir people's lives. What's the cry of your heart tonight? Well, preacher, we come because that's just what we're supposed to do. Well, preacher, I come because my mom and dad makes me come. Well, preacher, I come because I don't want you calling me and say, well, why wasn't you there missing you? Or is there a cry in your heart? Say, I want to go be around God's people and worship the Lord and, and see God do something in the hearts and lives of people and see God do something in my heart and life and, and see God magnified and glorified in the preaching and see God lifted up in song and, and oh, just to be in that place and, and ask God to move in hearts and lives. Is that our heart cry? We see the insight of this psalmist here. Look at verse 3 and 4. He's got a little bit different insight. Look at what he says. He says, Yea, the sparrow hath found an house, and a swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine arms, Lord, my King and my God. Look at verse 4. He says, Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. No doubt this psalmist was, walk, was standing there at the gates of the temple. 
and watching and looking around and, and probably as he looked around, he seen, well, there's a bird's nest. Man, look at that sparrow over a building nest over there. Glancing in where the, closer to the temple, he could see birds fluttering around in there and maybe hear the chirping of those little birds. And then he realized, hey, they've taken up residence. They've built a nest here. They like being here. You know, I, right outside this door out here, about midways down, there's a, a downspout. It's got that crook in it. And I seen a nest getting built there, and I meant to go to there. And, I'm sorry. <laughs> I meant to go there and tear the nest down, but I never got to it. The other day I walked out and I looked down there, and boy, you could see this <laughs> going on. <laughs> I thought, there's no way I'm going to touch that nest. Just no way. And I can imagine the psalmist looking at that and saying, you know what? God's creation, even the little birds, want to be close to Him. Sometimes people aren't even as smart as an old sparrow. Sometimes we're not as smart as an old swallow. We're really willing to be away from the Lord when they want to be close to God. He had pondered, no doubt, upon his heart than to be like one of them and to live close to God, just as close, just to take up residence there. Lord, let me be there at the, at the gate. Let me be there at the door. Let me, let me be there all the time. And as he's seen those nests and he watched day after day, no doubt he's seen what I've seen at times and you've seen, see these little heads start pick, popping up here and there out of those nests. You know what I think he probably thought? Lord, I want my children. I want my grandchildren to be near you too. I want my kids to see their little heads pop up in those services. I want to see my kids, see them there and... and hearing the Word of God and learning what it is to walk with God and learning what it is to know the Lord and, and hear the, the preaching, hear the singing, hear the, and see God do some great things. Even though the sparrow is thought of as a nasty and annoying little bird. And I'll say something here that if you're my age, you know exactly what I'm saying. When I was a kid, we got our BB guns. And when we got the BB guns, Dad looked us straight in the eye and he said, don't you ever shoot a red bird? Don't you ever shoot this bird, this bird, this bird, this bird? He said, now you can shoot all the sparrows you want. Because they would make a mess. They're nasty, they're dirty. And that may hurt some of your feelings, but that's, that's the way I was raised, okay? That's just the way it was. And we would shoot them if we got a chance. But buddy, you better not shoot some of the other birds. You'd be in trouble. And we look at them many times as nasty little dirty birds that annoy us. I was looking at out the, I was outside and, or no, I was standing at the door looking out once a day and I seen a sparrow land out there on, on the roof and he hopped down in the gutter and disappeared for a while. I thought, you little rascal, you better not be building that downspout. Pretty soon he popped back out. And I thought about this little spar these sparrows that he's talking about. 
But you know what? They may be insignificant to us. But the Lord said he takes thought upon even that little insignificant bird. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 29 says, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. And he's telling us, he said, you know what? He said, even the little sparrow is important to God. And I thought about how important it is to God and why he allowed those little dirty birds to build in the, in the temple and the tabernacle and even lay their young upon the altar. And I think God was saying this. You realize you're dirty and nasty too? You realize that your sins are dirtier and nastier than any old sparrow. But he says, I love you a lot more than a sparrow. Look how I care for that sparrow. If you go on down that verse, it says that he even knows the number of the hairs that's upon your head. Rhonda, he don't have a hard time keeping track of ours. <laughs> And we're so important to him. He says, I know how many hairs is on your head. And some of you guys, that'd be a tough chore counting them. He says, you're more important than a little sparrow. But he said, I love the little sparrow. He loved the sparrow so much that he said, I want the sparrow to build around the temple. I want the sparrow to be around the tabernacle. If he wants the sparrow in the and the swallow to build and to be around the house of God. How much greater does he want you and I to come together and to worship him in the house of God? To be together, to lift him up, to magnify him, Desire for us to dwell unto, uh, near unto him and to bless us by his presence. Look at verse 4. He says, blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. He said, there's a special blessing. He said, there's a special blessing on your life when you hang around near God. There's a special blessing. Hebrews 10.25 says, Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, such as the manner of some is. Even more as you see the day approaching. Talking about the return of the Lord. He says, Come together. Now we are the church. We are the temple of God. But he wants us to come together and he wants us to, to magnify him. He wants us to worship him together. He said, There's a blessing for those who want to be near unto me, who want to draw nigh unto me. Just as those birds were blessed and protected in that place of nearness, they chirped and they sang praises unto the Lord who had created him. So it was a great blessing to be in the, the house of the Lord and to worship and to praise and to sing unto him for his great salvation in the hand of protection now and for eternity. It's kind of like different ones you've heard over the years say, I was a drug baby. Mom and dad drug me to church every service. You know what? That's a pretty good thing. That's a pretty good thing to be near unto the Lord. It's a pretty good thing to keep those kids in the house of God. 
That's a pretty good thing to, to show them how important it is. In a day when they're having ball games and, and having this and having that on, on church nights and during the, uh, even on Sunday and Sunday nights and, 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 and people are, are going here and going there and, and leaving behind that walk with, the God, with God and, 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 and getting to the house of God and worshiping the Lord and, and, and fellowshipping with God's people and seeing the hand of God move and seeing souls saved and seeing lives changed and see a moving of God's Spirit in their hearts and lives. Can I tell you this? They're missing one of the greatest blessings that God can give. He said, bless it. He said, there's a blessing for those that dwell in thy house, that stay near to him. We're blessed to be in his presence but blessed also as we find our strength in Him in that place. Very, very seldom are you going to be able to show me a Christian who is a strong Christian who doesn't go out and stay near the Lord in the house of God. You don't see it. The only place you're probably going to find that is maybe in a, in a communist country where they will not let them gather together and they, and they sneak around once in a while and have a church service and you'll see them grow strong because they're trying to get there. You know, a lot of people say, well, I've had people tell me, well, I can, I can, I can go out on the, I can go out on the riverbank and have church out there and, and enjoy God's creation and talk to God and sing praises to Him out there. Yeah, you can. But you won't. But you won't. And then my question is, who are you going to tithe? Who, where are you going to tithe? What missionaries are you going to support? Who are you going to be a blessing to? Who are you going to encourage in the Lord? And the Lord said, forsake not to assemble yourselves together. And this world today thinks that they can travel through life and be blessed by God by paying no attention to the house of God and coming together to be near unto God. And I understand we are the temple of God. We are the church. And we're to draw nigh every day, not just in this building, but every day is we're to draw nigh to God. But God says there's a special blessing when my people come together. Boy, there's a strength that comes there's a strength that comes when we come together and we sing together and we pray together and we share the burdens of our hearts together and we see God save souls and we see God uh, uh, lifted up and we see God moving in the service and we see God do these things. There's a strength that comes that you can't get out on the riverbank by yourself. I remember over the years, some of the dear saints of God, I think about old Brother Shear. Brother Fate Shear, up in years. And I can remember as a, as a young man sitting in the service, and we'd have some testimonies. You know why? Let me, let me it's running by, I'm going to grab it. That's why I try to get you to testify. Because it's the strength not only for you, but for others. And if you don't testify of God's goodness, you're robbing yourself of strength, and you're robbing others of that. That's why it's important. 
I can remember sitting in those services and old Brother Faith Shear getting up a, a good godly man. He was an old Nazarene preacher, but he believed in eternal security. He was the old one. Got up and bragging on God. Magnifying the Lord with tears running down his face. And oh, the Spirit of God just come in and rested on that place. And God done some things in people's hearts. Why? Because we come together and we heard the Lord magnified and heard the Lord glorified and we were strengthened in the Lord. Verse 5, he says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee and whose heart are, are the ways of them who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. The person who sets his or her heart on finding strength in the Lord experiences some great blessings. Such a person would look forward to traveling to Mount Zion in that day and time. And there was a place that they called the Valley of Baca. The, they would call it Baca, and it, it means balsam trees. And in that area, it was like a desert almost. It was very arid. It was uh, uh, very dry. And, and the, 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 the balsam trees would have a sap that would run in them, but, out of them. And, but it was a very dry place. And really it's likened unto a person who is dry spiritually. There's a spiritual dryness in their life. They're going through a dry time. They're going through a difficult time. They're going through a time of discouragement. They're going through a time of they can't find out where they should be in life maybe. And they're struggling. And, and there's that valley of, of Baca that they go through that's so dry and doesn't seem like they can find God. Doesn't seem like they can have a peace. Doesn't seem like they can have a joy. It just seems so dry to them. Maybe because of health. Maybe because of death. It may be because of financial struggles, maybe because of family problems or whatever it is, but they're going through that valley. But the psalmist here makes a statement that is really important. He's talking about going through that valley, going through that dry place. His heart is anticipating getting to the the house of God to worship joyfully. And he found spiritual refreshment in the situations that he's going through that others would find discouraging to them. And the reason is, is because he's trusting the Lord in that situation. And he's looking unto the Lord for his strength and not to himself. And so while he's going through this Valley of Baca on his way to Mount Zion to, to worship the Lord. Uh, uh, what everybody else would look at and say, oh, it's terrible here. Oh, I don't think I can make it. And I just don't know what I'm going to do. And they're discouraged and down. He's, he's thinking, Lord, I'm going through this dry valley. But man, I tell you what, I'm excited about getting to the house of God. I'm excited about getting there and worshiping you. Lord, I'm excited to see what you're going to do even through this valley and, and see you do some great things. And he's traveling on through there. Look back at that verse, those verses. The person that seeks the strength of the Lord, notice what happens there. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee and whose heart 
are the ways of them. And that's why it says, who passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well. Wait, preacher, you said this was a dry place. Yeah, but he turns it into a well because he's looking unto the Lord. It's not dry to him. It's a place to get a spiritual drink. Even though it's a dry place. Notice what it says. The rain also filleth the pools. Preacher, there's not any, there's not, there's not any rain there. A, you said it's a dry place. There's not any rain there. And so how could there be pools? Can I tell you something? Two people can walk through the same thing, see the same thing, and experience the same thing and come out. One defeated and beat down. The other come about out rejoicing in the Lord because God's been so good to him. That's going through the valley of Baca and getting strength from God. Why? How could, how could that happen? He's not thinking about the valley. He's not thinking about the dry time. He's thinking about the one that's going to help him through that dry time. He said, I'm going to give you, the Lord says, I'm going to give you strength. And he's looking to the Lord that's going to give him the strength to go through those times. And he, and he, it's like taking a fresh drink. He's blessed, then blessed. Such a person becomes stronger and stronger spiritually as he, as he or she draws closer and closer to God. He's then blessed by the strength of the Lord in his life. And with his eyes on the Lord as he passes through the dry times of his life, he, he turns the dryness that others experience in their lives to wells of spiritual water, like pools of water after a rain. He's blessed by the strength of the Lord. He's blessed. Then the psalmist closes by proclaiming the value of the closeness to God. Look there in verse 10. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Let me stop right there. Wait a minute. Where's this reference coming from? Why is he thinking about the tents of wickedness? This is the descendants of Korah, who knew what his fathers, great-grandfathers, and all did in their wickedness towards God. Who were trying to take control, trying to be on top, trying to be big people, trying to, to, to have charge. He says, you know what? I'd rather have one day, just one day, just one day as a doorkeeper at the tabernacle of God, at the temple of God, than to dwell in the tents of all those who got money, possessions, things, power, popularity. He said, one day is better than a thousand. Verse 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and give glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. But verse 12, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. 
that reference, he's saying, I'd rather have my job as a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than be a rich man living far from God. He's saying one day in the house of God is better than a thousand anywhere else. <coughs> Fanny Crosby wrote a song, Give Me Jesus. It says, take the world, but give me Jesus. All its joys are, are but a name. But his love abideth ever, through eternal years the same. Oh, the height and depth of mercy. Oh, the length and breadth of love. Oh, the fullness of redemption, pledge of endless life above. Take the world, but give me Jesus, sweetest comfort of my soul. My Savior watching o'er me, I can sing through the billows roll. Take the world, but give me Jesus. Let me view his constant smile. Then throughout my pilgrim journey, let light will cheer me all the while. Take the world, but give me Jesus. In his cross my trust shall be, till with clearer, brighter vision, face to face, my Lord, I see. What's Fanny Crosby saying? That last one, she says, can't see anything, but one day, face to face. I don't know if this is true, but they said that Fanny Crosby, they asked her one time if she wished that the Lord would give her her sight. She said no. She said, because the first thing that I ever want to see is my Savior's face. Amen. Through that valley of Baca, Fanny Crosby traveled. Blind, difficulties, physical, struggles, struggles within society. And she filled the pools with water. And she drank at a well of fresh water from God. Why? Because she stayed near, like the sparrow, like the, like the, the, the swallow. And she says, I want to stay close. God blesses those who stay near. You see, the psalmist, he valued in standing and serving in the temple because there he could experience intimacy with God. He could occupy himself with the Lord and his worship intensely. God's worst, listen to me, God's worst is better than the devil's best. God's worst is better than the devil's best. We're blessed by staying near unto the Lord. And there's a blessing, I believe, as God's people come together and they stay together and worship the Lord. And they don't let things pull them apart. They don't let the world pull them out. They don't let self get in the way. But they stay near unto the Lord. And God says, I've got a blessing for you. Over the years, I've been greatly blessed to be able to be in the house of God and be with people who have blessed my life
and seeing them people get saved and seeing people worship the Lord and seeing people walk with God and seeing God do great and mighty things that you would have never thought possible all because we stayed near unto the house of God, the Lord himself. Let's bow. Father, we thank you. Lord, I thank you for loving us. And truly, Lord, there's a great blessing by staying near. There's a great blessing by serving God. There's a great blessing and strength that comes even when we go through that valley of Baca. Those dry times, those difficult times, those times that would discourage many people, Lord. There's strength that comes in our life, Lord, as we trust in you, as we look unto you, as we keep our eyes upon you and knowing that we're going to come out on the other side and we're going to be walking with you and we're going to be fellowshipping with you. Lord, strengthen us. Bless us with your presence. Bless us with your spirit. Oh, Lord, I pray that you give us a fresh strength through that valley of Baca. Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to realize that one day the house of God, the presence of God is greater than a thousand days anywhere else. Help us to realize, Lord, what we've got in you. And in the ability to fellowship with you and with your people. And to dig into the word of God and to sing praises to you and to magnify you and to glorify you. Help us to realize what we've got. We so often take it so lightly. Lord, thank you for the blessings that come by the nearness of God. This I ask and pray in Jesus' name. <coughs> Amen. Would you stand with your heads bowed, your eyes closed?